Hello friends of 2020, my name is No Kairos, your guy from the future, 2053 to be precise. I'm able to send recordings to you in your time because of advances in the quantum sciences. Like other scientific advances, this technology can be used to bless or curse the lives of those it touches. And today I'd like to shed a little bit of light on how this technology is being used to manipulate you right now in your time. The timing of this particular recording is not coincidental. I've asked our team of quantum whiz kids to post this recording right around the peak of the first wave of COVID-19 panic. You've seen a common pattern repeat itself a couple of times now. The disease pops up, people ignore it initially, and then draconian measures are instituted to delay the spread. But these draconian measures themselves are damaging. People's livelihoods and freedoms are sacrificed, and the measures themselves do little more than delay the inevitable. So you end up with a lose-lose proposition. The virus spreads and all aspects of society suffer. In your time, I'm a 12-year-old kid. My memories of that time are fairly insulated. I remember the schools closing down, which was exciting. My schoolwork was limited to about 45 minutes each day because my teachers weren't equipped or trained to provide education to a remote audience. I couldn't hang out with my friends because we were supposed to separate ourselves from others. So we hung out virtually and played video games online for a couple months. My experience during this time was that of insulated boredom, but my parents and grandparents suffered. My father lost his job during the crisis, which was tough for him, but it was the catalyst he needed to finally break out on his own and start a consulting company. He came out the other end okay. My grandparents didn't fare so well. Grandma was in her late 70s at the time and had a number of health problems. She caught the virus and couldn't shake it. She passed away. And I'll spare you those details. If we have the timing right, you're living the details right now. That's all you see or hear about every day. Let's just say that the COVID-19 crisis sobered the world up and made everyone acutely aware that the smallest of actions can have a big effect on the world. And that's the whole premise of the quantum sciences and quantum computing. The smallest of changes to the smallest of particles can have a huge impact on the entire universe. And there are people and powers that are making some small and subtle changes to get you to think, feel, and act in a way that aligns with their objectives. This is called quantum puppeting, and it's the subject of this recording. And I'm guilty of quantum puppeting. I'm able to manipulate your infrastructure and post this recording from more than 30 years in the future. If you're listening to this, I'm putting thoughts in your head that maybe you wouldn't have thought on your own. But keep in mind, my only objective, our only objective, I'm posting these recordings on behalf of my country, is to urge you to preserve your free agency. Make decisions that allow you to continue making decisions. Don't repeat the poor decisions that we made. Decisions that force us to abandon our nations and start over. It's not too late for you to steer things in a different direction. Think beyond the group stupidity that's prevalent in your, modern, in your modern world. Think and act critically. The quantum puppeteers that we have to worry about in your time and mine want us to paint ourselves into a corner and limit our choices so they can force our hand. Think about the choices you have today while you're on COVID-19 lockdown. You can't attend a basketball game, go out to dinner, or see a movie. Your choices are limited because your leaders are painted into a corner. They ignored the threat in the early stages, and now they have really have to do something drastic to cover their asses and save the large companies who support them. 
They don't give a shit about you, but you're going to be paying for it all. This is a pattern that will continually repeat itself, and it continues even now in my time here in 2053. I've told you about the Cascadia earthquake, the Grom epidemic, the popularity of the Kairos device. With each of these events and many others that I can't tell you about, your free agency will erode further. Can you see it with the COVID-19 situation? Are your choices limited? You bet they are, and you're willingly sacrificing your freedoms under the altruistic banner of flattening the curve and protecting the vulnerable members of society, and that's noble, but you're also being manipulated. You're not going to get those freedoms back, and you're being prepared for things to come. Quantum puppeteers are manipulating you to accept the following. Number one, they want you to be more reliant on the government. They'll take care of you during this crisis if you be a good citizen and live and act in a manner they define as acceptable. Number two, you are the government's eyes, ears, and enforcement arm. Now, right-wing wackos have the fantasy or delusion that the government will control the people by force via the military or the police. With a few exceptions, that's not the case. They'll rely on you to report or correct bad behavior that you see. During COVID-19, a number of states have already instituted online forms that you can fill out to report large gatherings or other non-compliant behavior. Maybe you've glared at someone who chooses not to wear a mask. Social enforcement is a lot more effective than military force. The Nazis and Soviets knew this, and so does your government and the puppeteers pulling their strings. Number three, uh, finally, the quantum puppeteers want you to believe that you are an idiot. You are being conditioned to doubt what you know and observe, to doubt your intuition and intelligence. Conflicting information is everywhere, and the government has smart people sifting through it all. They will figure it out and advise you how to act. And if you doubt what you're being told, going back to my previous point, your friends and family will set you straight. And if that doesn't work, the government will paint you as a subversive or a wacko, and they'll withhold your freedoms or benefits. So in your time, China is making no attempt to hide this type of manipulation. They're tracking people via their mobile devices and a vast video surveillance network. They're rewarding or punishing people based on their behavior. If you want to get a travel permit to go back and see your family during Chinese New Year, maybe you shouldn't have liked to comment about Hong Kong freedom last October. The objective here is to create a homogenous, docile population uh, that will think and act as they are instructed. Um, nearly a, a century ago for me, back in 1956, a man named William H. White wrote a book called The Organization Man. He stated that, quote, an organi organization man is an employee, especially of a large corporation, who is adapted so completely to what is expected in attitudes, ideas, behavior, etc., by the corporation as to have lost a sense of personal identity or independence. End of the quote. That's what the quantum puppeteers are trying to do to you. And from my perspective, 30 years in the future, they, they've done a pretty good job of dumbing down the population. Society in my time is built on a solid foundation of group stupidity. William H. White recognized that group stupidity was a problem in the business world. I don't think he believed that it would leak out into society and infect the entire world in less than a century, less than a generation really, but I can attest that his observations have merit. He pointed out a number of attributes of group stupidity that I'd like to share. So first attribute, risk aversion. 
The right decision is one that has no consequences. Second attribute, uh, consumerism or greed. The right decision is the one that yields the most wealth. Uh, third is political correctness. The right decision is one that offends nobody. And the fourth uh, attribute is to sacrifice individuality. The group is smarter than I am. I will trust the group's decisions. Can you see any of that in your time? I'll bet you can. I see it in spades in mine, and the world suffers. But there's good news as I monitor the media events and news in your time. I have hope. Yes, you're infected by group stupidity, and you are being manipulated, but the infection hasn't reached critical mass, not even close. There are plenty of people who clearly understand and exercise free agency. They trust their own intellect. They check facts, check sources, and they make informed decisions. As long as those types of people exist, there's hope. So defend your free agency. Don't outsource your trust and decision-making abilities to the government or any other individual or organization. And you can't defend your free agency if you don't know who you really are. Search your soul. Do you really know who you are? If you define yourselves in terms that relate to others, you're ripe for manipulation. You may say, I'm a mother, or I'm an employee, or I'm a Democrat, or I'm a Catholic. Those statements may all be true, but they all define you in terms of group affiliation or a role that obligates you to other people. Defining yourself in these terms is a mechanism the puppeteers use to get you to paint yourself into a corner. Specifically, they'll ensure that every label you apply to yourself fails, except the one they want you to accept. So if you're a Catholic working mother who is a member of the Democratic Party, they'll undermine your family and make you feel like a failure as a mother and a Catholic. Then things go sour at work and you feel like a failure there. The only thing left of you is your affiliation with the Democratic Party. When they pull the plug on that, you realize there's nothing left of you, and the only desire you have left is to end the misery and disappointment. In my time, that final step usually involves checking into a lounge works facility and drowning yourself in an endless virtual reality world. In your time, there are drugs, social media, and a number of other technological distractions. So spend some time to figure out who you really are. You know, we didn't, and by the time we came to our senses, it was much too late. So who are these quantum puppeteers and what do they want? Unfortunately, my answer is going to be pretty thin here because the answer is we don't really know. They could be people from the future, essentially doing what I'm doing with a lot more knowledge, better technology, and more sinister agendas. For example, my puppeting abilities are limited to technology. I can place static files or pieces of code in your path, but that's about it. When it comes to messing around with things in your time, I can't do anything elaborate like launch nuclear weapons or take over media broadcasts or manipulate large amounts of data. The quantum computing tools that my team and I use are pretty complex by your standards, but they're like comparing a stone axe to an F-22 Raptor when we compare our abilities to some of the attacks and manipulation that we've seen. We do know that some governments and organizations in our time are using quantum technology to puppet the past, but when we see that, we possess the quantum keys and we can shut that down pretty quickly. But the vast majority of manipulations that we see, and that's about all we can do is detect manipulations and puppeting events, but we are powerless to stop the vast majority of puppeting activity. We're as much a victim as you are. 
Quantum puppeting is a very popular topic of discussion in my time. Everybody has their own whodunit theory, and there's some pretty wacky ones out there. I tend to think that it's people in the future doing this, some of them good, some of them bad, kind of an advanced evolution of what's going on in my time. Others theorize that alien beings are doing this, highly evolved organic or in inorganic life forms and intelligences terrorizing us, maybe fighting each other for control while they're doing it. People have made a lot of money creating entertainment and goods around these quantum puppeting theories. But the common element in all theories is that the quantum puppeteers use advanced quantum technologies to help them manipulate data and matter. To avoid being a victim of quantum puppeting, some people have chosen to abandon technology altogether. So the world is a really weird place. In the U.S. and other Western countries, you have a large portion of the population who have been implanted with Kairos and are living in the virtual world. Those same countries also have large numbers of people living off the grid in closed Amish-like societies. In my view, both groups have been marginalized and puppeted away. They pose no threat and are easy to easy to control. So what tools do the quantum puppeteers use? The first tool that they use and manipulate is the uh, education system. So studying used to be about gaining knowledge and skills that would advance humanity. Studying in your time is now focused on turning humans into marketable commodities. Students waste their youth, sanity, and financial stability. They go into debt to learn a bunch of useless shit that will qualify them for a long, miserable, and unfulfilling career. In essence, the education system turns our kids into perfect examples of William H. White's organization men. Upon graduating, they have very little practical knowledge, experience, or skills, and a shit ton of debt. They get a job, color within the lines, and play the game to survive. Yes, your shitty job, student debt, high mortgage, and car payments, and your need to have the latest iPhone each year are tools of the puppet masters. If you're preoccupied with all of that, you're more likely to keep your head down and play by the rules. Uh, the second lever of, uh, th that the uh, quantum puppeters use is divisive social conditioning. And I want to point out the unfortunate fact that racism, bigotry, and discrimination do exist in your time and mine. But whether you know it or not, you are perpetuating it against yourself and others. Whoever we are, we are taught early on that we are deficient in some way via the concept of privilege or lack of privilege. So in your time, I'm a 12-year-old kid and a white kid. I, I grew up being told that I had it all. I had it much easier than other kids and therefore have to work harder to stand out. And as hard as I work, or as much as I achieve, I don't get credit. The credit goes to my privilege. And if I ever expressed pride in being white, I'd essentially be committing social suicide. On the other hand, my neighbor Paul here in Biarica is black. He grew up being told that he was a victim of discrimination and that his life was inherently harder. Paul can certainly point out examples of discrimination, but he also mourns the soft bigotry of low expectations. For Paul, failure was pretty much expected. It was quickly excused or even rewarded. Society was quick to say, that's okay, Paul, you're a victim. Now run along and be a proud black man. Under this form of divisive social conditioning, society is pushing us both toward failure. As a white kid, my failure is seen as a positive change in momentum, a shift toward equality. When Paul fails, his failure is seen as evidence of continuing inequality. 
And these are powerful levers that politicians and policymakers use to control us. Politicians are a solution looking for a problem. And inequalities, both real and manufactured, provide a perfect platform. It doesn't matter if you're the most vile racist or the wokest of woke social justice warrior. Politicians will find a way to get your vote. And you'll end up being disappointed because whatever side you're on, the problems will get worse. Political wedges will be driven deeper and the gap between us and them will get wider. If you're completely deluded, you pick a side, dive in, and you become a card-carrying member of the political tribe. You believe what the tribe believes, and you are no longer in charge. I talked about that just a minute ago. It's important to understand who you really are in order to avoid getting sucked into some vortex of group stupidity. Now, if you're in the middle, people want to force you to choose a side. Any regret or hesitation expressed incurs the full wrath of the tribe surrounding you. Pick a side already and fall in line. So society pushes us through the education system, shapes our attitudes and beliefs, and turns us all into obedient and risk-averse minions who rely on politicians and organizations to tell us how to think and act. So let's talk about our politicians and leaders. They're the third tool uh, that quantum puppeteers use, um, the lever they use to keep us in line. Puppeteers condition our politicians and leaders with slightly different rules. The first three rules are the same uh, that are used to manipulate everyone else, but there's a big difference in the fourth rule. So let me explain. Uh, I'll go back to that. You know, the first rule, uh, risk aversion, the right decision is one that has no consequences. Greed is the second one. Right decision is one that yields the most wealth, power, status. Political correctness, the right decision is one that defends nobody. And here's where, the, uh, here's where they, they diverge on the politicians. For the common man, the fourth rule is that we're all stupid and that we should trust our leaders or the group. This changes for leaders. All of a sudden, when they're elected or hired, they have authority. Puppeteers want the leaders to firmly believe that this authority unlocks the door to ultimate intelligence and knowledge. Their word is law and gospel, and they are special. This is why our leaders are so dangerous. They're led to believe that they have all the answers and have the authority to impose their will on a docile population that's conditioned to do whatever they say. And that, in a nutshell, is why we had to leave the West and start over. Those who joined the restoration group tended to fall in the middle of the political spectrum. We agreed with certain elements subscribed to by both the left and right, but it was difficult to make a decision because there were troublesome elements on both sides. For me personally, I agreed with the elements of the right focused on personal liberties and accountability, but I couldn't get on board with the fact that the right seemed to value the well-being of corporations over human beings and the environment. I agreed with elements of the left that focused on the well-being of humans and the environment, but I couldn't stomach the absence of personal accountability or outsourcing my free agency to the wise people in the government. The right was telling me to shut up and work. The left was telling me to let them do the thinking. Obviously, I, my family, and others in the restoration group chose none of the above and chose to wipe the slate clean and start a new country. In a future episode, I'd like to talk about some of the things we instituted in Biarica to combat quantum puppeting and group stupidity, but it's all fairly dry, and I feel like if my kids were listening to this recording, their eyes would already be rolling. So instead, I'll talk about 
one of the major attacks perpetrated by the quantum puppeteers in the 30 years or so between our times. And I've talked about this event, the Grom epidemic, in a previous recording, but didn't go into great depth about the puppeting element. So here goes. A quick recap here. Grom was an experimental antidepressant, anti-anxiety drug developed by a European startup company. The formula was stolen and modified by Russia, who then collaborated with China to produce it in high quantities. The drug was then distributed to Western countries through existing organized crime channels, Latin American cartels, and European, Asian, and African mafias. Grum didn't initially attract much attention from Western governments. People who took it weren't violent, and the drug didn't seem to cause any adverse health, safety, or societal issues. It seemed like the perfect drug, and it was introduced at a time when the world was struggling from a string of economic and natural disasters. At the time of the drug's introduction, we were just starting to recover from the massive earthquake and tsunami that had utterly destroyed the most populated areas of Northern California, Oregon, Washington, and British Columbia. Grum offered some comfort, and Western governments had a ton of other problems and priorities they were dealing with, so the drug was allowed to proliferate. The problems with Grum started when a user stopped using the drug. Within 12 to 24 hours, the user would become sick and lethargic. Within 48 hours, that sickness would progress to the point that the user's brain would go haywire. Long story short, the brain would try to regulate the electrical storm and it would fail. Its final act would be to divert all resources to the sympathetic nervous system, specifically the flight reflex. More uh, simply said, users would stop convulsing and they'd get up and run. Uh, And they wouldn't stop running until their heart gave out or they ran off a cliff or into traffic or a body of water, things of that sort. And that's precisely what happened when the government started cracking down on Grum. People got sick and started running and dying in all kinds of gruesome ways. The more they clamped down on Grum, the worse things got. And they finally figured this out and allowed the drug to circulate again while they figured out what to do, and surprise, surprise, their solution was often wrong. Now here's where we see the first evidence of quantum puppeting. We know that someone was directing misinformation toward a number of government decision makers. Pretty early on, people found out that you could stop the sickness, even in the running phase, by administering a dose of grum. That quieted the brain and allowed the individual to return to normal. But top decision makers were absolutely convinced that the solution to the Grom epidemic was disrupting the supply of the drug. They completely ignored the practical solution that the boots on the ground folks had discovered. They isolated themselves into leadership echo chambers, believing their superior intelligence and authority could uncover a solution. After the catastrophe, the leaders and authorities cited all kinds of research and documentation that supported their decisions. Upon closer examination, that research appears to never have existed. Some of those decision makers were exonerated after physical printed copies of some of this research was found. The authors of that research claimed to have never seen or conducted the research or given the advice that was attributed to them. In these cases, the leaders threw the supposed authors under the bus and assigned them blame for the uh, poor decisions. Anyway, after the fact, we were able to identify a number of quantum threads that the attackers had used to plant and withdraw the faulty research. The technology and methods used to perpetrate these attacks was far beyond our capabilities then and now. We have no idea who did it, 
where they launched the attack from, or really the extent of the attack. That faulty research and advice caused our leaders to to conclude that the best course of action would be to punish Russia and China for their involvement. Western governments froze assets, placed embargoes, and things along those lines. Russia and China's response was to cease all production and distribution of the drug immediately. In the United States, our government had the foresight to build a stockpile of the drug. The idea was to keep the supply flowing just long enough for them to figure out a solution uh, to the Grom withdrawals. And also the Mexican cartels and other organized crime had a large stockpile of the drug. They had anticipated supply disruptions, and so they had stashes staged here in the U.S. all over North and Central America and uh, you know, in Europe, they, they staged it in North Africa, things along those lines. But quantum puppeting short-circuited that as well. One of the effects of Grum is that it generates a high amount of empathy and togetherness among its users. I spoke about this in a prior recording. My brother-in-law and his girlfriend used the drug and, and their lovey-dovey sappiness was nauseated. They loved everything and everyone. It was often referred to as hive mind love. Quantum puppeteers tapped into this hive mind love via social media. They planted the idea of group nirvana. Rather than suffer the pain and indignity of being guinea pigs for a withdrawal cure, all users would come together in a final act of love and achieve nirvana together. Nirvana literally means extinguishing or blowing out, like blowing out the flame of a lamp, which is what happened. But the quantum puppeteers put some sweet packaging around that idea and led everyone to believe that they would come together as one gigantic, enlightened being and enter a state of nirvana paradise together. So the group made a collective decision to stop taking Grom on a specific date and time, even though there was at least two years' worth of the drug stockpiled in or, year, in or near the United States and, and uh, Western Europe. I think I mentioned this in an earlier recording, but I remember going through my usual routine on Monday going for a run, grabbing an energy drink at the convenience store. On Friday, that convenience store was smoking rubble, and the thought of running made me absolutely sick. Nearly all of the Grom users, including my brother-in-law and his girlfriend, voluntarily went into withdrawal that week. And they all started running at roughly the same time. Some had the foresight to check themselves into facilities where they could meet their demise in a controlled environment. But most hit the streets and ran until they met their deaths. The things I saw that week still haunt me. Even today, my heart skips a beat when I see a young adult sprinting. The quantum puppeting used to plan and perpetrate the idea of group suicide among the Grum users was extremely simple. We've been able to dissect that attack and the methods used and have concluded that the attack could have been launched in my present time or in recent years, but we've been unsuccessful identifying those responsible or their motives. My takeaways from studying quantum puppeting, particularly the attacks perpetrated during the Grom epidemic, is that simple tools and methods will work against vulnerable people. People that follow their leaders or the group without questioning or doubt. People who are sick, depressed, desperate, addicted, or compromised. You don't really need quantum technologies to manipulate them just a set of very limited choices and the subtle power of suggestion. The advanced technology and methods 
are reserved to manipulate those with sound minds and intact intellects. And that's why I keep harping on the importance of guarding your free agency. When you make choices that limit your future choices, you're putting yourself and the entire world at risk of manipulation. You're one of 7 or 8 billion people on the earth in your time, but the choices you make impact everyone and everything around you. And when you compromise your free agency, when you limit your options, you're putting yourself and the world at a higher risk of being manipulated by these quantum puppeteers. Who are you? You're the sum of your choices. Are you going to trust a leader or a group or a government or corporation to do your thinking for you? If so, you're contributing to the group's stupidity that makes life easy for the quantum puppeteers. Find out who you really are and guard your free agency. Do your own thinking and make decisions that allow you to continue making decisions.